morning and welcome to Shanshu with Angel. Today we are discussing season 1 and 2 of Buffy and Angel's progression from the first episode until he is sent into hell in the last episode of it. So we also want to talk about Drusilla quite a bit today and their relationship because I think that's really quite interesting that we've seen and what he's done. So we're going to go there but first we will talk about season 1 and meeting Angel. So we met Angel right at the beginning. He was all cryptic guy, lurking in the shadows and getting attacked by Buffy because he's following her. Because everybody loves a guy that's being all stalkery and following and cryptic. Which apparently she actually did because a couple of episodes later she kisses him and he turns into a vampire. Which, you know, power of a kiss, right? True love first kiss. Wakes you from a coma and turns the guy into a vampire. But then we find out actually he's not just a normal vampire. He's the worst. He's the big, bad and terrible vampire Angelus. But then he vanished and disappeared and nobody knew why. Until now. Where it's revealed that actually he has a soul. And that it's because he was cursed by gypsies 100 years ago. Pretty much from 99. But you know. And that... The soul is there and he it's you know, he apparently cares, which I think is an easy odd phrase for him to use. You can't do the things I've done for a hundred years or whatever and care. Can't know what it's like to do the things I've done and to care. And I don't think he actually does care. I mean, I think he feels guilty, I think he feels probably a bit of remorse. I don't think care was the right y- word to use there. Because we see him in flashbacks that he's not really done anything. Care feels kind of like one of those more emotional words that actually have a reaction and whatnot. And he doesn't really have much of a reaction. Um, We see later on in more flashbacks that he's just alley boy for a while. And that's not caring, surely. That's just kind of uh, just keeping away from vampires and not really doing anything. There's nothing there until Whistler comes along. But... You know, I'm just not sure about care being the right word. But then he kills Darla, which is very interesting. I think that Darla should have been a bit more mentioned after this. Um, There was no kind of, oh, what have I done? There's no reaction to killing Darla. There was nothing, no follow-up to it. I think we kind of... If we had had more episodes, I think it would have been nice to have a follow-up about her. Obviously, we get it later on in Angel Season 1. But at the moment, it's just Darla's dead and that's that. Which felt kind of... For a guy who knew this woman for 250 years, you would have thought he would have had a bit more reaction than state, she's dead, bye-bye. It's difficult. Obviously, we couldn't focus on that because we needed to focus on the master and the plot of that. We do, however, see the master react to her death, which is more interesting. The master has emotions and things, so but he doesn't like the stink of humanity and all that kind of thing that we see later on in season two. So we'll come back to that later. Let's stick with Angel for the moment. Um, I will come back to the master and his feelings and humanity though, because uh, there is a point in that. So we have Angel and we find out about him and the curse and they decide vampire slayer no this won't work however we both know it all does until 
Prophecy Girl, which I think is another interesting episode for Angel, where because he's one, Xander apparently knows where he lives, but he gets this codex. So it kind of shows that he's got some knowledge, some knowledge of various different things, but he's not really kind of... Well, if, if he knew that where this was right in the beginning, there was a slayer, why didn't he not give this to Giles right at the beginning? It's like, hi, I'm Angel. I want to help you. I want to help Buffy. I have this book. I know where this book is. Would you like it? It seems kind of weird that this book is brought in right at this time. But, I mean, it, it definitely wins Giles to his side. But it's very odd that it was never mentioned before. Angel's knowledge was never mentioned of this book was mentioned before. It's just kind of a bit of throwaway kind of, oh, this book of prophecies. I'm sure it relates to Buffy. Oh, I know where that is. Uh, so, yeah, and then we go, Buffy obviously dies. Everybody likes her dress. But uh, Xander has to be the one to bring her back. And Xander goes to Angel, which is the first real interaction between the two of them we get. I do love the Xander and Angel relationship that we get. I think this is the first point where Xander goes to him. It's not even so much goes to him for help. Well, he does. But he goes to him and says, don't you love her type of thing. And Angel has to kind of and we see this quite often with Xander and Angel they have these confrontations that Xander comes out better on we see it again in season two and I really like that relationship like Xander is not afraid to stand up to this vampire and win he doesn't win in a fighting sense he wins with his knowledge his words and his emotions he's very clever that way I really like their relationship the two of them then go and find Buffy and the master has already killed her um I will come back to her death later on because that's interesting how it works with Kendra's death so we will come back to that and then obviously we're in season two I wonder though what happens between season one and season two Willow and Xander clearly say it's been quiet there's no been vampires around is it quiet because Angel's been taking over and doing the little bit of dusting that he has to do or is it quite just generally quiet? Long summer nights type of thing. Vampires don't really have much time to go around and kill people. Master's dead. They're all a bit disgrouped and whatnot. They don't really know what they're doing. But the United is still around. So who knows? So we get on to season two and obviously Buffy and Xander again in the relationship with Buffy. But an angel kind of, yes, I get jealous. It's humanity kind of, it's opening up of his emotions. I like this, that we're seeing more and more emotional things from him, you know, which is very interesting when it plays out towards the end of the season. Uh, so then we have, we have Spike and Drusilla. Spike and Drusilla come to town, which is great. And obviously <laughs> Angel has this amazing plan. Let's offer up Xander and see what happens, which is the start of so many fan fictions. <laughs> It really is. It's like, oh, Spike remembers this. You've given me a pet. <laughs> it's ridiculous, really, but it is the start of so many fan fictions. Um, yeah, and they come to town, and you can clearly see they have a history, especially Spike and Angel have this history, because you don't really know much about Drusilla at that point. It's more about Spike. So they have this history, and Angel's warning Buffy to stay away, because obviously he was there when, you know, Spike killed his first slayer. So there is that. And then Spike doesn't play by the rules, we find out. You know, he doesn't really care for the anointed guy. He doesn't really care for, you know, getting all chanty. So it's interesting that obviously 
Spike and Angel only had a small time together, but they have quite a lot of history, which is quite weird because, like I said, they weren't together that long. Uh, Spike was turned in 1880, Soul Curse kicked in in 1898, Angel was on the boat in 1900, so 20 years, which for vampires isn't a huge amount, and I'm guessing they travelled around a lot and whatnot, so... You would have thought that actually there probably wasn't that many flashbacky kind of things and whatnot they could have done. And, but what they did do was pretty good. So Spike and Drusilla and we get to lie to me. And I think this is really where we find out that while Angel killed Dalet, I don't think he could kill Drusilla. He actually says, please leave town pretty much. Take Spike and leave. Obviously, he thinks that Drusilla's got control over Spike still and whatnot because she made him. So, Spike and Drusilla. Um, they, yeah, I don't think he could kill them. I think we've seen in flashbacks that he would want to kill Spike a few times. But I think Spike killing Spike would hurt Drusilla. I don't think Angel wants to hurt Drusilla any more than he already had. Um, which we will come back to when I get more into Drusilla. Um, so yeah, I think he's definitely wanted to not hurt Drusilla. Um, what's my line is the next interesting bit. Although, actually in Lie to Me, Angel does go to Willow and asks for help. Which is very interesting as well. Because we see, again, he's opening up more and more. Yeah, he's admitted he's jealous. He's admitted... He doesn't like this guy and he's very suspicious of this guy, Ford. And he goes to Willow for help. He's like, I don't know what to do, basically. I don't think he's quite legit. Can you check it out for me? So she does and obviously they find out about the club. The club's very interesting, isn't it? Uh, You've got the guys that are dressed up there. And then there's like one guy who dresses up very similar to Angel does. And it's like the lonely one. Vampires aren't really lonely, though. They can turn whoever they want for company. It's very very interesting how they got this lonely thing and uh, we see that relationships with vampires actually last a long time you sit with Spike and Drusilla Angel and Darla were together for ages um, Elizabeth and James and Angel they were together for a long time so we actually see relationships between vampires tend to last a long time so obviously they kind of mold each other to how they want them I'm guessing so yes that's like not very lonely at all and then like i said what's my line we'll go back to what's my line what's my line is the one where one we see kendra for the first time <laughs> you know two slayers fighting very interesting but it's also the one where they go to the ice rink buffy and angel go to the ice rink and they buffy first kisses him in vampire face which is very kind of oh has she not done that before why is angel not wanting her to touch him like that is it simply because he wants her to see him as a human more than a vampire which would be a very interesting thing it's like well he's trying to be human i guess he's kind of opening up admitting things talking about emotions a bit more by this point i think they've quite talked about their relationship quite a bit and how they are together but he's still kind of reserved on his vampire side obviously he's now had to admit about drusilla and everything being with how he hurt her and how he turned her Although he very little on the details. I don't think Buffy, as you see later, actually knows all that much about Angelus. I don't think she really wants to know all that much about the guy she's dating and his 200 year history. So 
I think Angel's not giving out information about his past unless he has to. I think he prefers her to see him as maybe just a little bit more human than human, but still prefers her to see him as human as possible because that's more normal. I think in his head he still wants that normal thing for her and he's trying to be the normal human guy even though he's, you know, really, really old. So they do that kiss and it's like, okay, I don't like you seeing me this way and everything. And then obviously we get Kendra and Angel and then we get the whole ritual thing, which I think was quite interesting because did they actually need the ritual? Had Angel started right from the beginning as soon as they came to town and saw Drusilla and said, oh, you're weak, have some of my blood and fed her for a while, which is, I think I've read that in fanfiction a few times. I read a lot of fanfiction. And where they have some kind of father-daughter relationship and gave them his blood, would she have needed the ritual? The ritual was clearly meant to kill Angel, which Spike apparently had no qualms with whatsoever. Spike doesn't like Angel. He's happy enough for Angel to die if Drusilla lives and and obviously Drusilla gets stronger. Um, What I don't like about Lie to Me is the whole wheelchair thing. Obviously, we don't get that right away at the end because... The whole organ smashes down on him and we see Drusilla all strong and picking him up. Like he's a little doll and weighs nothing. Which is quite, actually that image is quite funny. Just her holding him up with one hand type of thing. It's like, yeah, this strong guy who's just take care, taking care of you for the last episodes. It's kind of that role reversal thing. Um, and obviously Angel's not looking in best condition either. Which is interesting for Kendra who helped put him in that condition. Oh, not intentionally on her part. She just wanted a vampire dead. Which, you know, the way she did that, she's kind of got a bit of thing about her. Um, yeah, so we obviously we get that, the end of that. And then we get Surprise and Innocence. The episodes in between, whatever. Um, <laughs> surprise and Innocence. Yeah, the judge. Um, the judge. The judge. It's it's obviously Spike's plan for Drusilla's party to end. I don't know if they would have actually ended the world with this guy. I mean, Spike didn't seem all that end of the world kind of plotting, planning kind of guy. So, I don't know. Maybe had Spike had a plan to end it after a while when he got bored of the ma- of the judge killing people. Because he does seem to like killing people himself, I think. Had you taken out, burnt everybody up, he would get rather bored of it rather quickly. He does seem the guy to jump from one thing to the next when it comes to plotting and planning and these things. So I can imagine him killing this judge somehow later on, if that was to be the case. But obviously he wanted to make Drusilla happy and this is what she wanted type of thing for her party. Um, Beth's party, Drusilla's party. It's a good little parallel of timing and whatnot. But then obviously they see the judge is made up and they try and fight and find out. Don't let them touch you. And then they get very touchy-feely later on and Angel's not there when she wakes up. He's turned evil and it's kind of good that we see that yeah he's so been so strange and everything is angel and now he's very free and it's heartbreaking for Buffy but it's very different kind of character and we can see how they tried to keep the two 
two kind of things so different. So Angel was very reserved and Jealous is more out there kind of thing. But then where did the leather pants come from? I mean, seriously, did he just have them in his closet, whatever? Or did he go raid some store? He got changed very, very quickly in the morning. I mean, you see him. Obviously, he's been with Buffy, so he had to have removed clothing. And then he's out there in the rain, fully dressed. He got dressed very quickly. I mean, you can understand why, because, you know, early eight ratings and all that. Had to get, uh, yeah, early in the evening viewing. Probably couldn't have had Angel naked at that point. They didn't even show them really doing much at that point in the show. Obviously, this changes as the show progresses and we get a lot more shirtless, nakedy kind of scenes. <laughs> but at this point, they didn't have that very much. <laughs> couple of you know tasteful shirtless scenes here and there but yeah so obviously he then goes to spike and drusilla spikes in a wheelchair which you know had again had they given spike a lot of their blood both spike and both angel and drusilla given him their blood would he be in that wheelchair a lot faster we obviously see spike being fed by drusilla and whatnot trying to give the puppy but had they both given him his blood could he been healed in an episode two episodes you know three episodes at the most type of thing and would that been a bit more interaction between them Although I guess the wheelchair made uh, Angelus the more focal point of the big bads, whereas Drusilla then and Spike then kind of fell down around. Um, so they Spike especially became more of the background character with witty lines here and there and whatnot. Uh, oop. Um, yeah. So that's what's my line and what uh, surprise and innocence. What comes after phases? I don't really like phases. I mean, I do, but I don't really see the point of Angelus being in phases. Obviously, he killed Teresa and they suspected Werewolf and whatnot. And it was just, there's a great scene between Buffy and Xander there, but phases, kind of boring. Didn't really need Angelus in it at all. I only have eyes for you. I only have eyes for you is interesting in that it's not. Uh, it's very repetitive of an episode. It's the same story like three times throughout it. The whole story of Grace and James and forgiveness. I do think it's quite interesting in the sense that Buffy kind of seeks forgiveness for herself and everything like that. Um, but Angela's point of view, it's not interesting for him until the end where he's in the shower trying to wash off love. Um, he's basically scrubbing himself raw to wash off this love, which I don't understand. I don't understand why he's so against emotions as Angelus. I mean, we see in Innocence, oh, the judge can't hurt him. He's no, there's no humanity there. Whereas we see plenty of times in flashbacks, actually, there's humanity in him. He's not some random soulless vampire that has no humanity he actually does which is why i was thinking of the master the master's one that has hidden himself away from humans he's rejected humans unless they're to feed on but angelus doesn't have that i mean he has this he's had this relationship with dala he's had this relationship with drusilla he's had he went to the ballet and cried he's not emotionless that's all emotions humanity love and all that he finds, you know, poetry and art in torture and whatnot. 
I don't get why he had no humanity. I don't get why he's so offended by love. I mean, obviously, he's had this relationship with Buffy that he feels he should never have had. I don't know if that's because she's young, she's human, she's a slayer, or whatever. But I, this whole no humanity, I'm jealous thing just doesn't sit right with me. It doesn't work. It it doesn't work in the sense of what happens and what we know later on and everything like that. It just doesn't to me. Anyway, <laughs> I'm Um, I have no idea where I was. Oh, I only have eyes for you. That's where I was. Yeah. So that's what my feelings on that episode. Uh, obviously, then Goofish is another one. Like phases, not really needs to be there, but he's in it, and that's that. Becoming, becoming part one and part two. I love becoming part one and ta- and part two. I love them both. I watched them together when I saw them. Which is great because obviously when I watched it first, Ed, you did not get that. <laughs> and you had the whole Kendra dies on a cliffhanger kind of thing. Very nice. So, yeah, we are at Becoming. And Angelus has the bright idea to end the world. What is it with people wanting to end the world? I don't get it. Sucked into hell in this case. Maybe he could have survived life in hell. Well, we still technically he does. But, yeah. Why? Why? Makes no sense. I mean, Spike's right in that sense. You know? You send everybody to hell, they die. Why do you not want them to live? You need them to live for food. I mean, I'm sure he probably could live off demon blood. Probably not going to be a nice, strong, healthy young boy, though. Yeah. Um. Obviously, Kendra comes back in Becoming, and Drusilla kills her. Which I love the death between Kendra. And Drusilla. Um, first time, a few times I saw it, I was like, that's kind of lame. She just kind of stood there and died. Why would you just stand there and die? But then I remember that that's pretty much exactly what Buffy did. She stood there and got bit by the master under the same circumstances. So I really like Kendra's death now. I think it's very good, the parallels between Buffy and Kendra and how one was so strict and formal and the other was so rebellious and young and out of there kind of thing. Although they're both young. Um, But in the end, they both just stand there and die, pretty much. Obviously, the Master couldn't be bothered to do the full job and kill her properly, so Buffy came back. But, yeah, I actually really like the death. Um, And then, obviously, they have Giles, which is also great. Except that he doesn't get tortured. Angelus, builder this big guy, tortures people, whatever. Charles comes back the next day, cut on his head, two broken fingers. That's it. You had this guy for hours. You could have done so much worse. Faith does a good job of torturing Wesley. Angelus, no. This guy should have tortured him more, or at least had a few more cuts and bruises and everything. He shouldn't be walking around the next day perfectly fine. Or, you know, as fine as two broken fingers and a cut on your head is fine so that scene i mean i'm guessing it was because the whole teen audience don't want to go too dark kind of thing but they could have made it a bit more he could have had an arm broken or you know something like that just you know or at least in a sling where it's been dislocated or something just stop him from walking around looking perfectly normal the next day pretty much yeah Although, getting Drusilla to get Jenny kind of thing, making believe in Jenny, that was a good idea. 
even if it wasn't Angelus's idea. You would have thought, after all the talks you did with Drusilla, he would have thought of it better. Then the sword fight. The sword fight is great. I actually love the sword fight. Um, I love it because of the fact that it's not an out-and-out brawl fight, you know? There's no fisticuffs, there's no kicking, screaming, punching kind of fight. It's very elegant, it's very reserved, it's kind of classy, it's a sword fight. Um, and we never really see either of them use swords to that extent before this. So I really like the sword fight. I like the whole thing. I like that Xander told, the, well, that Xander told a lie. We see before that Buffy stalled. She hesitated, waiting for Willow to do that spell. Obviously, it was a trap. Angelus wasn't really fighting for, for life. He was just playing with her. So had she told... Had she been told about the spell being, I think she would have hesitated and it was a fight to the death kind of thing and I'm with Spike. I think she would have died. Spike obviously as he leaves says he's going to kill her and I think that would have been true had Buffy hesitated. Um, Obviously it couldn't be true because we needed another season. (laughs) So it couldn't be said to her. Although that would have been quite interesting, you know. Buffy season three set in hell. How do they escape this? That would have been kind of fun. You know, just for a couple of episodes. (laughs) Um, I do wonder, actually, in season three, should we have seen Angel in Hell at all? I don't know. Kind of would have been kind of ruined the whole surprise of him being able to come back, I guess. Would have been interesting. So, they obviously, you know, fight and spell does kick in. Which is ridiculous because Willow was not a witch at that point. She just read a few things online, read a few books. She wasn't a witch. Obviously, the gypsy spirit or something took her over. And that's how she got the spell done. But, yeah, Giles would have been a better option, you know. But I'm guessing this was the start of Willow's going to be a witch storyline as well. So they had to have her do something interesting and not just leave it all to him. But... uh, it made no real sense in the sense of she had no power to do that whatsoever. But it worked. You know, we had the whole very emotional close your eyes, stab, bye bye angel kind of thing. But let's go back to Drusilla because that's what I want to talk about. Drusilla and Angel. Drusilla and Angelus to be more precise. So in Becoming, we get a flashback of uh, Drusilla going to uh, church. You get her going to church and admitting she has these visions, but she thinks she's admitting it to the priest in the confessional. However, pretty sure Angelus killed the priest and went to the confessional to be with Drusilla and find out what she says and everything like that. Which I wonder if it's a bit of a callback to when he was human. Because Irish makes me think Catholic, makes me think he knew the whole confessional thing back there. Or he's just killed a lot of priests in confessions, which is also very likely. Because he does does have a thing for nuns and convents, if we recall correctly. (laughs) Um, So yeah, killing Drusilla. Um, He meets her in 1880. We see that. We see her alive a few times over the flashbacks. And he follows her. And obviously he gets her to admit that she has these visions and everything else like that and then he says he turns tormented and kills her family and everything so I don't think that his killing of her family happened all in one day or overnight or anything like that I think he actually took it a while to do it all um because he says that she 
eventually fled to a convent. So I think it took us well. He took his time. He traced these people. He killed them one at a time. He actually kind of, you know, got... Maybe he even got to know her family a little bit before killing them. I don't think Drusilla died in a week after meeting him. I don't think she died within a month. I think it actually took a good year, or if not longer, for Angelus to actually get around to killing Drusilla. Um, there's various different little clues. Um, she says that, well, he says she fled to a convent. Convents don't accept people straight away. Um, or at least they don't accept them for their holy order straight away. They would, she would have been there a while before taking her holy orders. At least months, if not year to two years type of thing. I don't know how it works exactly, but I'm pretty sure these days it takes like two years before you take your holy orders. So we actually could have had her there for a long time. But, but this is back a few hundred years ago. So it might have only been, she might have been there six months. She might have been there a year before. Or they might have rushed her through and, like I said, only been there. But whichever, I think she was there a long time. I think he was basically tormenting her for years before he killed her. Um, so I think she'd probably just got some sense of normality. She thought she was safe. She was going to stay in this convent for life where she thought, well, he can't get me here. You know, I'm under God's protection here. But Angelus, not known to play by the rules. He likes convents. He probably didn't kill her straight away. He probably killed all the other nuns around her before killing her. Um, convents probably, depending on the size of the convent, some of them only have a few nuns. Some of them have, you know, a big convent. So... Yeah, I think he probably took his time killing the nuns there as well. And yeah, she was probably the very last one. And I don't think it was a straight up kill. I think he probably did things to her first. You know, he probably did things to the nuns first too. Angela's not one for consent or worrying about things like that. So yeah, I do believe that that is what happened to her. And then, of course, he turned her and uh, apart from you know, whatever he did to her beforehand, she was very much still innocent. Not quite there in the head anymore, but still very virginal innocence, basically. So I think he turned her to whatever. There's a line of, in What's My Line, about how, you know, Drusilla likes the, the build up, the show and everything like that. Well, that's probably because that's what he made her like. You know, I think he basically molded her to whatever he wanted her to be. In that way, she had no experience. She wouldn't have. She was, you know, Victorian girl, innocent until marriage, until he came along. And I suppose, in a way, you know, she ended up married to him, sort of. He was the one that took her, and he was the one that turned her. And I, while she does call him daddy, I don't think it was really a loving father-daughter relationship it was very much a twisted sadistic kind of relationship on his part i think he was very sadistic with her uh yeah so that's just how yeah so he turned her into whatever she wanted what he turned into whatever he wanted her to be and he clearly wanted her as his little girl who did whatever he said type of thing of course, Dala came into it. Dala was still there. I don't know if Dala would have been there for the entire time because, like I said, I think it took a couple of years from when he saw her to when he killed her. But we see, obviously, in 1860 that they're together. 
as three of them and whatnot. And Darla's co- obviously came into it. I think Andres probably had her Drusilla to her himself for a while. And then Darla came back in and Drusilla's had to share and everything like that. So as Mummy comes along and she decides, obviously, she wants her own person to play with. But Spike is a bit more reckless. So Daddy takes care of her and Spike's not so keen on that. So Drusilla's, I think Drusilla enjoyed the fact that, you know, somebody else was paying attention to her. Daddy's done all this work with her. And look, look what he's done. Look what I've got. Look what I'm like. Obviously, in the 20 years or whatever, however long it was, she's become more open and more herself. And she's not just, just what he wanted her to be. She's kind of embraced other sides of being a vampire by then and killing people and what whatever else so it's a complete turn for her but at her heart she's still probably the very I think we see at times that she's still the innocent girl that she was and she kind of can't really throw off her memories of her humanity because of who she was as a human because of how he tortured her and turned her insane because of it I do think that we do obviously quite a few times we get references to when she was human we get songs from her mother, Run and Catch the Lamb, in the Blackberry Patch. I think that was a little song her mother sang and how her mother liked lemons and things and Cry Uncle. And, you know, we see that Angela's killed her uncle. So he didn't just go for her sisters and her mother. He went for the wider family. So we do see bits and pieces of her very innocent and very, um, very human side. But we also see that actually, yeah, she's kind of, she knows that she has these visions and uses this, her visions have given her this ability to hypnotize people and use magic and things like that. And she's just built up on that as she's got older and, you know, more, more into who she is as a vampire as well as who she was as a human. So I do think Drusilla is a very interesting character. I think that it's great that we get her back later on and we see more of her and different sides of her and her and Angel play well together kind of thing. Like their characters go well together. So I think it would have been good to have more more Drusilla flashbacks. Obviously, we do get some. We get them in um, both Buffy and Angel. So, yes, I love Drusilla. She's a very, very interesting character. But I kind of wish they had built up on her even more. Um, I'll tell you now, I haven't read all of the comics. So I know she does appear in the comics in various different issues and whatnot. But I haven't actually read them all. So I'm just sticking to the season of Buffy and Angel that were aired on TV. So thank you for listening. Uh, I will be back with... um, I'm probably going to do a few different reviews of Buffy episodes of season three before we get into... uh, Angel season one, but the aim is the aim is to focus on Angel and Angel's relationships. So the Buffy episodes in season four onwards, we'll probably get more mentions than actual reviews or anything like that. But it's mainly focused on Angel's relationships with various people. Obviously, Angel's relationship with Buffy is a big thing, but it's not the focus of what this podcast is about it's more about just about him um obviously we'll discuss his relationship with Buffy more in the next episode which obviously is about season three of Buffy um we will and how they react together post Angel coming back so thank you for listening 
thank you for putting up with all my rambles and my rants. And I will search you again next time. 